Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. The city is busy uh, searching far and wide as it looks for developers for Pier 8. Uh, now, this is a big project, and we've talked about this. We did our program from the Williams Coffee Pub down there a year or two ago and had a number of city officials on there, and they were dreaming big about the, what they wanted to see happen. Well, there's been a lot of work that has gone into this. Now they're looking for partners and uh, people with money, obviously, and some vision to get this thing done. And uh, to that end, uh, they're actually attending a, a conference over in France right now. We'll talk about that in just a couple of seconds. Philbert Kim is a senior consultant, West Harbor Deposition Society, or Strategy, rather, joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to bring us up to speed on where we are on this. Philbert, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Thanks, Bill. Uh, glad to be here. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what the city has been doing on this and where we are as far as Pier 8 and the development down there. Sure. I mean, uh, I can back up and sort of say that uh, where we are today is really a culmination of about 30 years worth of uh, decisions and commitments made by um, past and present councils, as well as uh, other um, partners at other levels of government. And really, uh, you know, we all know that uh, Bayfront Park, Purefort Park, all the great um, recreational areas that are down in the West Harbour recreation area are a fantastic place to be. And Pier 8 is really just the the final piece of that um, of that plan and that vision, where we hope to be able to bring a new residential commercial node that will add vibrancy and animation down there for 365 days a year. So <clears throat> where we are right now is we're actually getting ready to go out to the um, private development industry and ask them to um, submit their uh, expression of interest, uh, to present their qualifications, uh, to prove that they are uh, qualified and capable to be able to fulfill this deal for us. And uh, they ultimately will be uh, <clears throat> shortlisting them and then they will um, participate in a request for proposals where they submit uh, proposals and financial bids. And ultimately, that will result in a final final bidder, and uh, <clears throat> then we'll be able to move forward with a transaction with them. Your uh, historical reference here, I think, is well taken. Uh, this is not as if uh, we just decided to start this thing yesterday. And uh, some of us, uh, I, I think, Phil, can go back to those days. Because uh, this uh, one time, was, of course, was federal land, and there was a huge dispute between the city and the federal government then about water lots and who owned what. Uh, and, and it got kind of ugly, kind of intense there for a little while. And and, and the, the money the, and the land actually referring to the city here was all part of that, that resolution, that legal resolution of this problem, uh, which got us there in the first place. But I guess the main question we had as a city back in those days was, okay, what are we going to do with this? And um, now we have a plan. And that's, that's obviously the major step in this process, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, now that we have full control of Pier 8, um, we can execute the vision that we've had for a long time for this. Um, I can also say that uh, this isn't just a, a vision that the city has had, but in fact, there's uh, quite a number of policy documents that were worked on in collaboration with uh, with the uh, local community as well. And it's really reflected in uh, what we call our setting sail secondary plan, which is a, a planning policy framework that actually lays out um, in quite detail what that vision is. So. Um, this isn't uh, just a, an idea that someone had or a picture that people are working towards. It's actually quite an involved um, set of policies and frameworks that work towards this vision. If you could, maybe just spend a couple of moments here, Phil, we're talking about what Setting Sail uh, is, is trying to do here, and especially in this particular area, uh, because that, I know that's a, a living document too, but it took a long time to formulate that document with a lot of input uh, from the community and from people in the, in the surrounding areas as well. 
what do we want to see as, a, as, as it pertains within those parameters of what's in setting sail? Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, first and foremost, it's mixed use. Um, it's an important piece uh, an element of uh, what uh, Pier 8 is ultimately going to be in the long run. Uh, that means, yes, it's predominantly residential, but it also means uh, a fair amount of space allocated for commercial and institutional uses that will predominantly be at uh, street level. So what that does is ensures that there's a level of uh, street level animation that happens so that whenever you're down there, whether you're as a resident or a visitor, you feel like there's a lot of things going on down there. In addition to that, um, medium height, medium density has uh, been a hallmark of what the vision is. Uh, this is um, sort of enshrined within the setting sale pol policy document. So what that means is ultimately developers who come down and want to do a development down here, they'll have to abide by those, um, by those uh, uh, policy frameworks. Um, in addition to that, um, in terms of policy direction, um, Council has recently indicated that uh, you know, we'd like to see a certain amount of um, mixed income, um, so affordable housing, a portion of it down there. What we want to do is we want to be inclusive of a diverse range of incomes household configurations and lifestyles. And we also ultimately want Pure 8 to be a model of excellence in the fields of design, sustainable living, and environmental conservation. There are some that have been critical and say, well, boy, the city's taken an awfully long time to start developing this area from the time that they took over from the uh, the federal government and that resolved. But uh, I'm going to look at this from the other side, that, you know, something, maybe it's it's helpful to, to take your time, go slowly, look and see what other communities have done with their waterfront and, and learn from some of the things they've done right and learn from some of the things they've done wrong so we don't replicate some of those those errors. And i I, I got to assume that that's part of what's gone on here in the last little while, Philip. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're doing our research. We've done our research. We've talked to other municipalities and other public bodies that have been through a process like this. I mean, as much as uh, this is an unprecedented um, it's still relatively new in the, the public sector to be coming out and saying, look, we've got lands that are publicly owned lands. We want to do a deal. Ultimately, this will be a sale uh, of these lands to the private sector, but there's some conditions around it. And, um, you know, what we have to do is we have to make sure that we're thinking this the strategy through properly, that we're going through with a process. And I think ultimately it's the process that's paramount to all of this that it's a thoughtful process that's taken into account and consideration all of the, the needs from the various different stakeholders and that we're appropriately representing the city in this process. If the process is designed properly, then you, once you start executing it, hopefully what that does is it results in the best outcomes for the city. Well, and we don't want a situation where we're going to have a bunch of 40-foot or 40-story towers over there, you know, that are going to block that and essentially alienate uh, everybody else in the city from the waterfront itself. This is this is uh, obviously a planned development and, 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 and stage development, and you want, I guess, one element of, of the development to complement the others. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, vision alignment is a really important hallmark of what we're looking for as we are um, searching for the right proponent uh, that will win this bid. And um, yeah, they'll have to come forward and sort of prove that not only do, do they have a vision alignment, but they've actually done something like this before, that they have the capabilities, they have a proven track record, they have a team that they've assembled that uh, that's capable of doing this, and they have the financial capacity to actually um, sort of execute this long-term multi-phase development and uh, be able to finance it through to the end. So where, what's going on in France right now? So in France right now is a, um, 
conference called MIPM. I have to admit, I don't know the, uh, it's a French word, uh, <laughs> but the acronym is MIPM. And it's actually the largest uh, real estate exposition in the world. And, um, you know, uh, we have a, a delegation uh, from the city and economic development, along with the mayor down there right now, um, as part of a, a trade mission that they're doing in Europe. Uh, and uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for um, for, for groups, uh, not just governments, but uh, private uh, groups as well, to go out there and show deals that they have. It's attended, I think, by about 30,000 people here every year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to meet people, to just be able to show what we're doing. Um, I should note that we're actually there as the city of Hamilton under an umbrella with the, the province of Ontario. So we're actually there with quite a number of other um, municipalities, uh, as well as under a provincial uh, with uh, provincial economic development uh, bodies as well. So basically, these are people with money and ideas uh, going to meet people like Hamilton that said, yeah, we, we could use your expertise and your investment. Sure, absolutely. It's, um, it, it's as I said, it's an opportunity to, um, to kind of show Hamilton to the world. Um, you know, in the end, uh, we're not predisposed to who the actual developer is in terms of where they're based geographically. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always uh, would be interesting to see who might be interested from an international perspective. Also note, too, that at this exposition, there'd be a ton of um, Canadian developers there as well. So they're going to have this opportunity to sort of meet our folks from the city of Hamilton and uh, be able to hear about what's going on here on our shores. If there are some expressions of interest, and I, I, I've got to think, Philbert, there will be at the end of this thing, because this is a pretty intriguing project that, that's, uh, that's being formulated here. Uh, as you mentioned, between setting sail and some of the other parameters that council and staff have worked together on here, there, there's th- these are the parameters that you want to work on. But how much wiggle room is there for the group themselves, the successful bidder, uh, to be innovative and, and creative in, in designing something? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, setting sail uh, does have a certain amount of prescriptiveness in it. But that's uh, having said that, there's actually quite a lot of wiggle room. Uh, it really comes down to, as you point out, innovation. Um, you know, we as the city, we're coming at this from the perspective of uh, we're the owners of the land, but we're not purporting to be developers and necessarily um, prescribing what tactics that developers use to sort of deliver on our desired objectives. We are focused on what the objectives are. So, uh, you know, we'll be clear to articulate what it is that we're looking for as end results, but we really look to the development industry to be able to say, hey, you know what, here's an idea, you know, here's something I've used before, here's something I've seen before, or here's some new technology or whatever that might be uh, that ultimately results in an, uh, a desired outcome for the city. But that's what we're really focused on. We're not going to prescribe the tactics, but there, to a certain extent, yes, I mean, in terms of from a planning policy perspective, there is some prescriptiveness built into setting sail. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, these, as you mentioned, you want somebody who's going to have been there, done that. In other words, they've, they've, they've got a record of success and, and comparables, in other words, in, in other parts of the world, you would hope, uh, that, that you could call on for that expertise as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, uh, actually, the, this process uh, that we've just announced um, uh, that we'll be launching on April 18th is a two-stage process. It actually starts with what we call a request for qualifications. And it's exactly what that sounds like, which is we're asking for folks to come forward who are interested and sort of tell us who they are, what they've done, 
uh, their financial capacity, who their team members are, not focusing so much on the bid or their concept itself. What we want to know first and foremost is that we're comfortable with their abilities and capability to be able to, to deliver on this project. Uh, following from that, what will happen is that uh, the, the RFQ will end in a short list of pre-qualified uh, proponents. And uh, what that does is it gives us this, the comfort of knowing that whoever moves on to the next step, which is the request for proposals, that really focuses on the bids, the financial bids and the um, and, and the concepts, that uh, we're already comfortable with their abilities and capabilities. They've already proven themselves to us by showing us what they've done, uh, who they've done it with, who they're working with going forward. Uh, we have a real lo- level of comfort with that, which allows us then to focus at the RFP stage uh, you know, really focus on what their concept is, what their solutions are, their innovation, and uh, ultimately what their financial bid is. You mentioned there's been extensive public consultation in this process already. Uh, once the successful bidder comes back and says, hey, here's my idea, boom, you know, let's uh, let's all gather around my, my prototype here. Uh, is there going to be more public consultation? Will the, the neighbors and those who want to live in that neighborhood eventually uh, have an opportunity to, to weigh in on that? Well, I mean, that's something that, uh, that we're still working through for the RFP stage. Um, what I can say is that, um, you know, we're committed to honoring uh, the secondary plan, the urban design guidelines, uh, as we've said, is reflective of years of collaboration between the public and City Hall. We also hold regular community information meetings. And uh, actually, last year, we ran a number of uh, public workshops where citizen input informed the process that we're now getting ready to execute. So we're pretty confident that we strategize a thoughtful process, and now it's time for that process to unfold. If things go according to Hoyle, uh, as you mentioned, this opens up on April 18th. That's when uh, the request for qualifications is issued. Uh, do you foresee a, a, a timeline here as to when they actually we can have shovels on the ground and start seeing some of the progress here? Yeah, I mean, uh, what I can say is is uh, I've sort of laid out a, a two-stage process RFQ followed by an RFP that will ultimately get us to uh, what I'll call a preferred proponent. Uh, from there, what we would still need to do is uh, negotiate the binding legal contracts. Uh, and then from there, uh, that developer would then need to carry out sort of their typical pre-development activities that are required to kick off their first phase. So that's things like site plan approvals, doing pre-sales and getting their financing in place, doing site engineering work, getting permits and things like that. So, uh, you know, what I can say is is that the RFP process, uh, we're aiming to be able to identify a preferred proponent uh, by mid-next year. Now, you don't know who's actually going to actually return the phone calls here, but there have there been companies that have been kicking the tires since, uh, I mean, it's it's out there now that Hamilton's interested in looking for partners here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're proud to say that uh, there's a lot of interesting things happening here in the city of Hamilton, and uh, especially in the downtown and in the waterfront areas uh, have drawn a lot of interest. Um both local, regional, national, and uh, a few international as well, uh, come through our doors here at uh, at Economic Development, and they inquire. Um, they want to know a little bit more about what's going on down there. Uh, you know, we're careful to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we're sharing information that's all publicly available. Uh, we have a fantastic project website uh, that I'll plug right now at www.hamilton.ca slash West Harbor. And, uh, it, you know, it gives a wealth of information, a lot of the background studies that have been done already to date, um, 
Absolutely. People are interested, um, you know, from what we're hearing through the rumor mill, there's a lot of interest and activity, but I guess we'll really only know once this call opens and eventually closes and we'll see who who has actually stepped up. Pretty exciting stuff uh, going on here in uh, Pier 8 down by Hamilton's waterfront. Philbert, thank you so much for the update on this and the time and uh, continue good luck with the work on this. Great. Thanks a lot, Bill. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.